Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Happy Monday, everybody. It is time for Mixing a Water Monday. And joining us today is former Gamecock defensive lineman Preston Thorne, who you can also catch on the early game on 1075, the game weekdays. Preston, the Gamecocks get the win. Wasn't a pretty win. No one's saying that it was one of the best wins. And this is a win that we're going to be talking about years from now. But at the end of the day, it is a win. You have three more games to go. Bowl eligibility, all that stuff is still on the table. But none of that happens unless you get the job done like they were able to do the other day. Yeah, you know, and I think the most important thing is that when this win comes in the season, if this is the second game of the season or early in the season, Mike, you've been on a bunch of teams. That's when you probably get on the team and you you really try to make an emphasis on trying to make corrections and doing all those types of things. But we're at the point now where a win is a win. And it doesn't matter how you get them. doesn't matter the way that they come about as long as you get it, something in that W column. That's just where we are in the season right now. Do we wish the season was better? Of course. You know that we would love to correct these things, but that's that may not happen this year. So we just concentrate on getting wins however they come. I was going to bring this up a little bit later, but you said something that made me think about mentioning it now. I'm not sure if you've seen it. There's been an old clip of Spurrier following the Vanderbilt game press conference, how he handled the press game post-conference um, and how the post-game press conference from Beamer was handled the other day. I bring that up because, and I've said this before, Beamer's Beamer, Spurrier's Spurrier. And what people fail to forget sometimes, too, about that clip, the next five games, USC went one and four, and then they also lost their next four against Power 5 teams. They did sneak into a bowl game before beating Miami. I bring that up, though, Preston, because – 
the same Beamer, the same man that helped USC beat Tennessee and Clemson last year, this is the same guy. You know, he's going to be who he is. Um, what is just your overall thoughts on how he continues to go about things the way that he is? And what would you tell that portion of the fan base that would like to see something different from him in a post-game press conference? The only thing a player wants out of a coach is for them to be authentic and for them to be who they are and not to change who they are. So if this is who Shane has been for his entire career, then he has to continue being that. You can't come in and switch up your style because now players are going to look at you in a totally different fashion. And so when you see this, you see you see Shane being overly positive, maybe uh, overlooking some of the negatives. That's what's led to this team's success. They pulled successful runs at the ends of season in two straight years. So we he's earned the benefit of the doubt as far as his coaching methods are concerned. Going back to the game itself. The Gamecocks were able to do some good things in all three phases, but they also need to clean some things up. And I think that's the frustrating part probably for a lot of this fan base, right? Because some of it is the same old. Some of it is, you know, comes in spurts, right? One week it's good, one week it's bad. Um, when you look at what USC was able to do the other day, Preston, what were some of those good things? It could be offense, could be defense, could be even special teams. Again, I think everybody is, is goes without saying, but I, we'd be remiss not to really mention it. Spencer Rattler is incredible. I thought about him playing on the field, but I've just noticed his leadership throughout the season has been absolutely incredible. From even even last game, you saw some plays where maybe a guy didn't go after a ball the way he thought, and Spencer <laughs> could have been well within his right, or maybe another version of Spencer might have jumped on the kid or or sulked or maybe had bad bad body language. We haven't seen any of that. So, I mean, you know, just like I know, Mike, when you have a quarterback who's out there really leading the team and you look in the huddle and you feel like you have a guy, that means a whole a whole lot. So that's the good. And I, I think it's hard to overstate the importance of having a quarterback who everybody knows is the guy. And then I think, too, and I'm sure you would agree with me, what Xavier Leggett's doing right now is just absolutely incredible. Wrote a story about it today on Gamecock Central is just 27 yards away from joining a very, very elite group. And that's being able to eclipse 1,000 yards receiving in his season. Alshon Jeffrey, Sidney Rice twice, Pharaoh Cooper is on that list, and of course Sterling Sharp. You've been around this program a long time. You grew up in this state. Where would you rank with what we're seeing right now from Xavier Leggett? And maybe is it even more impressive because – Look, I know the coaches and players will say it. Okay, hey, we knew that this was in him, and no disrespect to Xavier, but no one expected him to be the number one receiver going into the year. Juice Wells goes down, he carries the torch, and on top of that, he's just blown away the numbers he compiled through the first four seasons at South Carolina. I think I'm working on a hot take here, Mike, but he reminds me of what what uh, John Abraham was for the mm. Cal programs, where a guy that just balled out for his last, you know, his senior and junior years. But it maybe got lost in the team not playing, not playing as well or performing as well. And people might have forgot how actually good he was in college. And if Xavier can have the type of career that John had in the NFL, that'd be tremendous. But it's the same type of a developmental guy from a small town in South Carolina, in-town recruiting, not somebody who was high on a lot of people's lists, but just rose through the program. And you see his physical gifts. Uh, there, 
I, I saw John the other day, and I'm like, man, he can go out and get maybe five or six sacks in the league right now. And Xavier Leggett has that type of physical presence where he looks like he's going to be an NFL dude for as long as he wants to be. Yeah, how quick people were ready to write off Leggett last year after a couple of drops, bounced back, had a phenomenal game against AM with the kickoff return, which led to being able to do some good things down the stretch. Of course, he had the big touchdown reception in the Gator Bowl. But it's a good point that you bring up, though, Preston, because there's another player right now for South Carolina that I feel like, I don't want to say he's struggling, but he's struggling to play consistent. And naturally, this fan base, and I'm not saying all of this fan base, but a portion of this fan base will instantly think, man, this kid can't play at this level. And that's Stone Blanton. And the reason I'm bringing that up, Preston, is because whether it be Xavier Leggett in the past, whether it be even Cam Smith early on in his career, remember how many people are ready to say, get this kid out of here because of the punt that hit off his foot. He had a pretty good career here too. I say that because Stone, maybe it wasn't a perfect game by any means, and I'm sure he'd be the first one to tell you that, but then he comes back and he has the mental toughness to be able to make the biggest play of the game because if he doesn't make that, South Carolina loses. And as many people remember that Florida game, that's all it takes sometimes is that one play. What can you say about just how Blanton was able to respond back after maybe, again, not having the game that he would have liked leading up to that point? I think you nailed it on the head about mental toughness. That wasn't a physical play. It wasn't necessarily about him making a great athletic play, but what was more impressive is that he knew he had to carry number three on the wheel route. He fought through the trash and got over there when very easily he could have been, his mind could have been somewhere else thinking about plays that he didn't make earlier in the season, but he played his assignment and he got out there and he, the ball got thrown to him. And a lot of times, Mike, you understand, you know how it is. Sometimes if you just go where you're supposed to go, a lot the ball just finds you a lot of times. And I think maybe that's maybe that's a sign for him and the rest of the defense that showed him, hey, we don't need you to do everything. Just do what we're telling you to do, and good things will happen for you. What did you like about the defense? We've seen them change things up over the last couple of weeks, 3-3-5 three, three, to add some more speed out there. They were able to create, and one of the challenges that I wanted to see them be able to do this past weekend, and they did it, they create a lot of TFLs on either first or second downs to be able to get the team playing behind the sticks. Anything else stand out to you that you liked about what the defense did? They played a lot of snaps. I think people forget about that too. I think Marcellus Style played 90 snaps, so that continues to be an issue of not being able to get off the field on some of those situational downs, whether it be third down or even letting teams convert big plays on second down to get into manageable situations on, on third down. Is there anything else though, that you did like the defense doing? I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to change the question a little bit. I thought the week prior to this, uh, I thought they tackled a lot better. I thought they tackled really well the prior week this week. I thought we fell into some more of those bad habits as far as trying to hit people instead of tackling people, not breaking down all the fundamental stuff we hear about is boring. It's the old football cliches. But I think we fell into some more bad habits this week. But until this game, uh, I believe that Texas, I believe some of the other previous games, we were starting to tackle a little bit better. So it's there, and we just got to really trust in, trust in our training and, and rely on the fundamentals. How confident are you with this team? I'm not saying for the final three. We're going to look at it from a coach's perspective, right, one game at a time. But how confident are you heading into a game like this, never mind the fact that it's Vanderbilt, but just Team X, based on what you saw this past week. And again, I'm sure you would say there's a lot of things they need to continue to, to clean up, but are you confident that the offense can get things going, especially with the offensive line 
probably being the healthiest they've been in quite some time, despite the fact that Trey Jones will be out after getting back Case and Henry and Vershawn Lee. Do you feel any better about this team's chances, at least, again, just trying to still look for putting a game fully together in all three phases? Yeah, I here's what I here's what I think. I think this team can be less stupid on the field and mm-hmm. they can be more disciplined as far as eliminating a lot of a lot of silliness that they're doing as far as penalties are concerned. And for me, while that's not a good thing, I do think that if they were to eliminate some of those in these next couple of games, we haven't necessarily been ran off the field physically by any team since maybe Georgia in that second half. But other than that, we haven't been run off the team. But we, what we have done is not giving ourselves a chance by committing foolish penalties and you know self-inflicted errors that, quite frankly, we're not good enough to have those things right now. So I hope they can clean that up. And there's always a chance that that can get cleaned up towards the end of the season. You know that you have to win these three games in order to become bowl eligible. I mean, it's the same kind of message going into last week. How do you block all that out? Because as Beamer mentioned last week at his press conference on Tuesday, these kids aren't stupid. They're on campus. They're hearing people tell them, hey, you got to do this, got to do that. Mom, dad, the boy, I mean, the girlfriend, whatever. Um, anyone, someone's messaging, messaging you saying, hey, you got to do all this. How do you ignore all that? Especially now when all these guys, they have one of these bad boys. <laughs> yeah, that makes it that makes it difficult because I didn't have that when I played. But I did. <laughs> I played for, uh, you know, I played for the legendary Coach McKissick, man. He he used to tell us that either every game is a big game or no game is a big game. And you choose however you want to face it. Either you approach the next game like it's the biggest game of the season or you just approach it as if it's another game. You can decide which one you want to do. Either way gets you locked in on this specific, specific task because the Clemson game is not going to mean as much, nor will the Kentucky game mean as much if you go out there and lay a egg against Vanderbilt. So you have to go out there and get this one same way they had to get that Jackson State game, Jacksonville State game. He's Preston Thorne. Appreciate you hopping on this week. I'm mixing a water Monday. My pleasure, man. Appreciate you. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 
1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.